0: Hello guys, welcome to the Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm your host, Trey Tyndall, aka the Fantasy Football Superflex Guru. I'm here today with my co host Christian Sharp and Jacob Teets. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, how's it going? Christian here. Glad to be here. Yes, doing pretty good. We're excited to have you on. Oh, and
1: I'm glad to be here, too. This is Jacob Teets over here in the
0: house. Yes, sir. Today in, we're the gonna house. in the house. In the house. Today, we're going to be doing our first ever mailbag episode. We asked you guys to send in some questions, whether it was start sits or some trade questions or some value questions. We asked you guys to send in some questions, and we got about... 15 to 20 questions, so we're going to have to go through them kind of quickly, but we're excited to help you guys out. Um, we're going to start this off today with a question from FFB underscore Vern. He wanted our opinion on Devin Singletary. He says, thoughts on Singletary getting more work this week? I know that you're pretty high on Devin Singletary because we just did a trade for him. So well, yeah.
2: I mean, like, I do think that he's definitely gonna get more work this week. Playing the Giants, yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed that this week especially, I feel like he's getting more I feel like he's getting more work. Definitely.
0: Yeah, there's there's really no question about it. Especially since they saw what he was doing last week. I think that they're gonna keep feeding him. He got like four carries for seventy some yards. So. Four
1: carries for uh, yeah, I think it was like seventy or seventy two.
0: Yeah, so I think he's definitely gonna get more work. I think that they saw the inefficiency that Frank Gore Definitely has, even last year. Would, Age, yeah. I mean, like, he got – I think he had 10 carries for, like, 15 yards or something like that. Like, it was barely over one yard per carry. So, and uh, they came out and said that Frank Gore is still a starter. If he doesn't produce this week, I think that they're going to move Devin Singletary ahead of him in the depth chart and not look back at all.
2: Yeah, it's inevitable that it's going to happen sooner or later, and it's probably going to happen sooner rather than
0: later. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. I'm I'm pretty high on Devin, Devin Singletary, so –
1: so am I. I, I'm actually kind of concerned that they have Frank Gore starting again. It doesn't make much sense, to be honest with you. Maybe as a receiving back, like what they had with him and Kenyon Drake back in Miami. Even though he kind of took over a lot more than anything. But, yeah, I think that Singletary producing as well as he did with four carries, if they do not feed him the ball at least 10, 15 times... Then the Bills are making a huge mistake. Yeah,
0: I think he's definitely a good RB2 this week. And if he's on RB2, he's definitely a very solid flex player. Yeah, I was going
2: to say, it kind of depends on your depth on your team. I mean, if you've got solid people that you know, like I wouldn't, I don't think I would be starting him over, say, uh, Devontae Freeman this week, who's not been playing well. I don't think I'm starting him over Devontae Freeman, things like that. But, He's definitely, he's definitely a solid flex play in deeper leagues and things. He's definitely somebody that's going to be startable this week if you've got the room for him, yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree on that. But moving on to the next one, we got D underscore Gallenstein. Pretty cool last name. Uh, but he said, are you in or out on AP and Giovanni Bernard as flex plays this week? Uh, for me, with Darius Geis being put on IR, they even said that they're going to be feeding Adrian Peterson. I think that there's going to be no doubt he's going to get at least, unless they get barn blasted at the beginning of the game so they're not gonna give him carries I think he's gonna get at least 15 carries this week last season he got over a thousand yards I think he could I think he could you know at least put in that kind of production again this year but as far as Giovanni Bernard goes unless Joe Mixon doesn't play I'm not I'm not playing him If Joe Mixon is out then Giovanni Bernard's an easy top 15 top 20 play because we've seen him the Bengals feed him the ball whenever he's the only back there definitely
2: yeah that's definitely the truth there if joe mixon is out geo is very much in your lineups but if he's if joe mixon's playing at all eh, not not even considering it really
0: yeah to be honest with you and it's just i don't understand like I think they've already said Joe Mixon's playing this week. It's going to be limited, but I think they already said that he is going to be playing.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to see him back at practice on Friday. So it kind of looks like that he'll get some limited snap counts. Um, I would say AP is a must over the two, even if Joe Mixon doesn't play. The only reason why is because Giovanni Bernard, he's been that type of dude that can be so versatile that he can be able to take 20 carries and also catch the ball 10 times. But they are playing a pretty young 49ers defensive line that they may have struggled a little bit last week. But I think that once they get going,
0: they'll they'll probably stop the run pretty well upcoming. I think the whole defensive line is less than three years. They got DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa. It's yeah. literally the whole defensive line is young studs, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah,
1: exactly. And depending on how that offense goes, Geo might not be getting that many carries anyways. It, it might be kind of a shootout because... You never know what Jimmy G is going to do with the receivers
0: and the weapons he has. Yeah, 100%. And then this is also from D. Gallenstein. He uh, answered three questions. Uh, His second one is, in a dynasty league, is it time to shop Mike Williams before his injury history becomes too much? Um, This is his third year in the league. his, His rookie year he was injured. Last year he was a little bit banged up. This season he's already banged up. So I understand where he's coming from. But if you sell him at this point, you're not going to get what his worth is. You got to wait for him to have that two touchdown game in a few weeks, and you got to sell him then.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with that. You got to wait for him to have a little bit of a blow up there. I do think that it's getting close to time to shop him, but. You don't, I, I agree, you don't want to do it right now because his value is pretty low right now. Um, so, if you're not going to get the value out of him, it's not worth giving up. You might as well just hold on to him in case he stays healthier, in case you get a better value out of it. But yeah, I agree with that.
0: And especially in a dynasty league, you know, who knows how many more years Philip Rivers has left? He could retire after this season, for all we know. And who's going to be their starter? Cardell Jones, Tyrod Taylor. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you might need to project for the future. So, if you're already bugging on his injury history maybe it is time to sell for you yeah
1: and I I don't know I think that with Hunter Henry going out his value is going to go up pretty quick as long as he can play he might be a little limited with his knee injury right now but even then they're going to be either pounding the rock with Eckler and Justin Jackson or they're going to be flying it out to either Keenan Allen him maybe Travis Benjamin or someone like that I think that you hold on to him for just a little bit longer. Once you do get that two, three touchdown, I think that that would be, if you want to sell him, that would be the time to sell him.
0: Yeah, because I have him in a few leagues, and I am frustrated that, you know, I drafted him to be my flex player, my wide receiver three, and he, I mean, it is only week two, but last week he did not look very good, but he was not healthy. But moving on to his last question, he says, um, with Stefan Diggs, with the Vikings running the ball so much, is Stephon Diggs' best seasons behind him? See, I
2: kind of think that – I don't think that Stefan Diggs' best seasons are behind him, but – okay, I guess let me put it this way. His best season might be behind him, but I don't think that he declines that much. He may not repeat one of his best seasons, but there's no way that the Vikings are going to throw the ball ten times a game. All year long 16 games There's no way That's going to happen Like They're going to run the ball a lot They've got a lot better Offensive line And Dalvin Cook Is going to eat I've been preaching that All off season All regular season You know like Dalvin Cook is going to fucking He's going to do well I know we know he is But I still think that They're going to have to Throw the ball You know they're going to Get games where They're stopping the run And they're going to Have to throw the ball And Stephon Diggs And Adam Thielen Are going to do well In those games Yeah see like last
0: week He had two targets On two receptions 37 yards um and if you're saying his best seasons are behind him then he is not going to be very good he barely got his best season was 1021 yards barely over 1000 yeah his most touchdowns in a season was 9
2: i mean so, 9 touchdowns is pretty good yeah but to barely break 1000 i bet he i bet he breaks 1000 and he
0: barely he, had no over 100 got. catches as well so i mean if that's his best seasons then you need to sell him because people project him as a boomer bust wide receiver too yeah, because um, that's where his ADP is. But
2: but you got to think, too, like you said, he had two catches. Kirk Cousins threw the ball 10 times. That's, you know, you know that's 20, pretty you know, good. 20% share. That's yeah, I mean, he's still getting it, and he got 37 yards on those two. So that's, you know, what, 16, 17, 18 yards a, a catch. That's not bad. He only got two. Yes, that hurts. But they ran the ball the whole game. They're not going to run the ball the whole game. Yeah, all the
0: time. yeah, and like you said, I know people are panicking because they did throw the ball 10 times. It is week one. The game script got blown out. They the Vikings were up like twenty one points, and then like the first quarter, they're not going to pass the ball. Yeah,
1: there was the defense kind of made the game go that way. Honestly, Atlanta got so far behind with some turnovers. With I don't remember if there was an interception, but just four like three and outs. Yeah, Matt the,
0: Ryan and the Devonta Freeman. They just, they were not week. ready
1: week one with the offensive coordinator change. They just were not quick. Like they were not clicking. I think that Diggs. I could see him possibly getting traded at some point in time, either this year or in the future. So I would honestly stash him, hold on to him, maybe try to find a wide receiver that you can pick up, that like a John Brown or some random flex guy that could possibly come out and just play well enough, because they're not going to be able to pay Stephon Diggs for a Boomer Bust wide receiver two upcoming since they're already having some issues with their money anyways
0: yeah i mean they did it looks like they did just re-sign him to an extension um it's looking like it was five years 72 million dollars and if they're Free not gonna be, yeah.
1: and if he, they're not gonna be using
0: him you i mean adam thielen, adam thielen as well i think
1: so and if they if they're not gonna be using him or thielen as much they have to pick one or the other but i also like you said earlier it's week two Dalvin Cook had a about four or five games his rookie year where he played. He did really well. Then he got hurt. He played like six or seven games last year, and he was pretty subpar from his injuries. Exactly. He's going off so far, and he's someone that I would ride on for sure. But it's hard to tell if Dalvin Cook's going to be able to stay healthy enough to be able to say, yeah, Stephon Diggs isn't going to do much more. Because I don't see Kirk Cousins throwing the ball less than 15 times the rest of the season. So the yeah. ball has to go somewhere, and, he, and Kirk Cousins doesn't like his tight end. He he might throw to Rudolph in the end zone, maybe, but he does not like how Rudolph that much. The
0: Vikings aren't paying him all that guaranteed money to drop back and handoff. Exactly, it off, you know. Um, but moving on, uh, our next question is from Rodo Heat Sully. Um, he has a question about a Superflex League. It's a Superflex Empire League. It says thirty man rosters. What is Diggs' value in picks? Um, so Empire leagues, I kind of treat them the same as Dynasty leagues. For me, Stephon Diggs. If you sell him here, you're not gonna get what his value is. The same way I was telling you about Mike Evans right or after a bad uh, week, yeah, well yeah. like Mike Williams. Sorry, um, you can't. It's not ever good to sell a player after a bad game. You're never gonna get the correct value. Um, for me, I would sell Diggs. I mean, I would buy Diggs for a 2021st. I wouldn't do two. I would. I wouldn't do it 2021st and a second. For me personally, I think the draft next year is filled with skill position players. The Dynasty League, uh, I mean, the Dynasty Twitter community has been pumping up the 2020 draft since 2018, literally last season. They've been looking forward to this draft. So if I was, I mean, I would sell digs for first because, I mean, the, it's, the picks that you're going to get next year are going to be better value than digs in my opinion. But would you rather sell them and not have a player this year and have a pick? It depends on what your team's looking like this year.
2: Yeah. Say, I mean, I kind of, I, I'm, I kind of not real familiar with dynasty leagues, empire leagues, things like that. So I' gonna kind of lean on your judgment there. I trust your, I trust your judgment. And honestly, I agree with that, with what you're saying. Like, you want to take the chance of not having your player this year to wait for a pick. We all know this draft coming up is gonna be stacked. So you, you want to, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to take that pick and get a share of that draft coming up. But. You know, that's kind of, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, if you're in a rebuild, I mean, it's definitely a good idea to sell digs if you can get a twenty twenty first. But if you're looking to win this year, I would look forward to keep digs.
1: No, absolutely. I, like I said, I don't see him either doing the value that he's been showing right now for much longer. He's either going to skyrocket up from where he's at currently. He'll get traded, which will increase his value. I feel
0: like he's like a poor man's Brandon Cooks. I
1: I believe so, too. So, yeah, you could trade him for a twenty twenty first or a future pick, but at the same time, we've seen what Stephon Diggs can do when the ball is thrown to him. We don't know how these college receivers are going to be able to transition in the NFL.
0: Exactly, it's all like a lottery ticket. You know, they're exactly. dominating college, but so did Trent Richardson.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the man was blind as a bat when it came to a whole yeah, run exactly. through. So I. If you really feel like you know you had the weapons, you can trade him away. You can either do well enough, not do well, whichever. And you want to lean on the upcoming draft, by all means, sell him for a first. I don't know if you'll get more than that for him. But I think if you really do want to sell him, you have to wait until he gets some more value so you can try to get two or three out of it.
0: Exactly. And I mean, it's all about the waiting game. The same with Mike Williams. You got to wait for that boom game so you can Absolutely. sell him at the proper value.
1: Because uh, that's, I mean, that's how fantasy is. As soon as one player goes off like John Ross, everyone was picking him up. His He trained it up so fast.
0: Nobody wanted to draft John Ross. No one. No one. But as soon as he catches two 60 yard bombs, the waiver, will have the hottest waiver wire ad in week one.
1: Yeah. So, and the chances of him even doing half of that <laughs> anytime soon, it's so. So Especially with
0: uh, A.J. Green coming back week yeah. three or week four. Um, but moving on, sorry if I mispronounce your name. Uh, it's at Chris Gessel, G-E-S-S-E-L-E. He had a question about his 12-team standard league. He says, do I drop Carlos Hyde to pick up Rashad Penny? My current running backs are Chris Carson, James Connor, Devin Singletary, and Malcolm Brown. For me, I mean, if you're running out Hyde in your flex, um, I would look keep hide penny's not going to be used i i drafted in a lot of leagues a lot of redraft leagues this year because i thought that he was gonna be used Uh, but week one if you're looking at what they're doing they're feeding chris carson they don't got any inclination that they're wanting to use rashad penny in their game plan but if chris carson goes down which like he has the past two seasons rashad penny is gonna get the touches they don't got mike davis there anymore to you know, steel touches. They don't got any any running back there besides Rashad Penny now, to be honest with you. Yeah,
2: Rashad Penny is definitely one of the best handcuffs in the league. That's your value right there for Rashad Penny, in my opinion, but...
0: Yeah, so I would drop Hyde because I think Duke Johnson's the back to own in that backfield to be honest with you. I mean, I guess it is a standard league, but still, I would still rather have Duke Johnson.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely ra- I would rather have Duke Johnson. I agree with that, but like you said, if you're running Hyde in your flex and he's a starter and you're going to have to try to f- try to fit somebody else in that position, you might keep Hyde, but if Hyde's riding your bench anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if Hyde's riding your bench anyway, it's almost worth it to pick up Penny for the handcuff.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: And really, I agree with all that as well. I actually had to look up the running back roster for the Seahawks to see who they would have if Carson went down. They still have C.J.
0: Procise. not saying that's a good or a bad he's, thing. He's probably injured right now, as yeah, we speak. Yeah,
1: he probably is. And I was I was actually going to talk about Mike Davis before you brought him up because they did run running back by committee two years ago with all three of them. Well, I guess not Penny, but with Procise, uh, Chris Carson, and Mike Davis. And that was a big jumble, like, mess, and last T. year, Carol
0: loves breaking the hearts of fantasy football. He players loves too.
1: committees too, and that's why everyone had that hype on why Penny he as he a late
0: tight end committee, yeah. running back committee. If if he could, he would throw out someone to back up. Russell Wilson out there who knows
1: and I I agree if you have Hyde in your flex I wouldn't sell him right now I would I wouldn't drop him for penny but also the thing is is Carlos Hyde seems to just he's able to make a home at where he's at obviously he, he didn't have a chance at Kansas City but when he went to the Cleveland Browns he was our number one back even with Nick Chubb breaking off 89 yard rushes for touchdowns that's when they traded him away and he did all right with uh which I, I don't remember what team he, had, or Jacksonville, Jackson, yeah, whenever, was yeah. Jacks, Leonard Fournette the got him. He Chiefs, he was all right, man, and, was but yeah, he is, he's definitely a journeyman. But he he's that guy that you can consistently consistently say he's going to produce something for you.
0: Exactly, he'll and drive you down the field. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the interview that he did a few weeks ago. He was talking about like he was going from uh, city to city to city, and like he looked kind of depressed, and it made me really feel bad for him because I was just like, dude, you get paid lots of money to grow up. I was like, it's mm-hmm. like you gotta think like there's actually a real person there to be honest with you. Right. It's so, like, so like I'm like I'm kind of sitting here rooting for Carlos Hyde to do good, but uh, moving on to the next one, we got at Danny Tundra 77. Um, he has a start sit question. He was wondering Calvin Ridley against the Eagles or Tyler Lockett against the Steelers in PPR league. This is a good one. This yeah, one it one is, one is really good because I mean they are right neck and neck. I mean Tyler Lockett's more boomer bust. Calvin Ridley's more touchdown dependent. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley just based on the fact that, you know, Joe Hayden is probably going to be shadowing Tyler Lockett. I know Joe Hayden's not as good as what he used to be, but I mean, still, it's just Tyler Lockett and nobody else. I mean, they got right. DK, but I mean, he's still a rookie. He's still feeling his way through the league.
2: Right. And I'm looking for the, I'm, I'm thinking the Steelers are going to run the hell out of the ball this week. They're running the ball hard against the Steelers, I think this week. So yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Seahawks are just going to be looking to feed Chris Carson. I mean, they yeah. did it last week. And I mean, they didn't really throw the ball that much. And And, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I was just
2: gonna say, and Falcons Eagles is looking like it's gonna be a shootout. Exactly. So there's a lot better chance for him to get just just upside. You know, there's a lot better chance for him to get the ball.
0: There's no way the Falcons put up another goose egg, or else Dan Quinn will be fired. Oh yeah. He will not. If if they do not have another, if they only score what what was like twelve points last week, they got yeah, because they tried going for two point conversions both times they missed it. Yeah. Like, if that happens again, I don't see him keeping his job. They have not done anything since that 20 to 3 meltdown. They have been a – I literally had a, a – I saw a stat that said uh, yesterday that they have been a 500 team since that time, since that game. Yeah,
1: and the and thing with the depressing. Falcons – Because their team is stacked. Their, their team defense, is stacked.
0: Offense. Like, their and, only problem is yeah. their offensive line, I feel like.
1: And also, I think defense is staying healthy because they did lose yeah. some major parts last year to injury. But yeah. – they've ran through so much talent they've had so many opportunities and i mean we go back to the infamous what was it, 28 to 3 or whatever the score was against yeah. the patriots in the super bowl since then it's mainly realized it like the hard score is they just say
0: 28 to 3 yeah because that's <laughs> um, because how do you like yeah. i'm a chiefs fan so of course losing to the colts quarter. in the
1: playoffs after andrew luck Catching the fumbled ball and diving through, kind of helping seal up that win. That hurts a lot. But how can you be up twenty eight to three? And I feel like they changed up everything that they were doing in the second half, and then they let the Patriots come back. You got I think that yeah. So I think that the I think Calvin Ridley is a solid pick for this. I feel like if Dan Quinn doesn't get stuff kind of moving around and start actually soaring the ball down the field and get stuff moving, I I think the entire staff needs to get.
0: Exited and bring in some new stuff. Exactly. Their offensive coordinator, they've been playing you know, hot potato with an offensive coordinator, and they're just hoping that one clicks with Matt Ryan. And it just hasn't been the case. But I think we all said Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah. So I think that's our answer. Yeah. But moving on, it's at Gimme More underscore. He has another start sick question. He's wondering, McCole Hardman at the Raiders or Terry McLaurin at the Cowboys? It's, I mean, they're both two similar rookies. They're both big play guys. We saw what Terry McLaurin could do last week. He absolutely torched um, the Eagles' defense last week. Um, no one saw that coming. We thought the Redskins were going to score three points or even get shout out. I mean, they got Case Keenum. Um, but for me, I'm, it just comes down to quarterback play. Patrick Mahomes or Case Keenum. Yeah, Easily for me, McCole Hardman. Um, he is going to be filling that Tyreek Hill role. I know that they did recently get back uh D'Anthony Thomas. He was suspended one game. They've been saying that he uh, there was a report that was saying that they're gonna split wide receiver reps. But I just don't see that. Why are you not gonna throw out a guy who ran four two speed? You gotta you gotta throw out McCole Hardman. That's why I'm him over Terry McLaurin for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with the. If you look at the quarterback play, obviously you're gonna you're gonna start the chief. Obviously, you're going with the Patrick Mahomes. And the Raiders just lost Jonathan Abrams. Sorry, too soon, trade Too soon, to man. Throw that on you, but I mean, they just lost their key rookie. I swear, safety. I cried. Yeah, dude, he. Yeah, he was a stud too. He is a stud. He's gonna. They're gonna be hurting without him, and so Chiefs are gonna just torch their secondary. I feel like, honestly, like I'm yeah. sorry, the Chiefs are just gonna throw the ball all over him. And you know, we on gotta the hope that Vonta Burfitt does something. Right. On the, flip <laughs> side of that, the Chiefs' secondary is not that good either, so it could be. You know, it could be a high scoring game, and so McCall Hardman has a lot of potential upside there because of that.
0: Yeah, and that's why. I, yeah, I think we were on the same page. I think that's why it's mostly comes down to quarterback play. To be honest with you.
1: I also think it also comes down to, I mean, what is Andy Reid wanting? Because I don't know why they'd even consider putting D'Anthony Thomas back in. There's a reason why he kind of was out of the picture for like the last eight, three or four he, he years. He's been in the NFL for eight years. He's and made you wouldn't no know that. impact
0: to the whole entire eight Right.
1: Like He did well early on as a return man, like as a slot, kind of getting some rushes in when the offense was kind of down. But now that you have, uh, with Tyreek out. So you have Sammy. You have Travis Kelsey. You've got... Uh, Robinson on the opposite side. I I don't see him being much of a factor. Maybe a couple plays. I think Hardman's going to be getting that slot position where Tyreek was. And with McLaurin, it it really comes down to the quarterback play. It also comes down to they're playing the Cowboys. That defense is kind of inconsistent, but that secondary is really good. They're very young. They're very athletic. And with Case Keenum, I mean, we saw him last year with Denver. He couldn't do much with two veteran solid receivers. Um now that he has a rookie receiver to throw to, you have Paul Richardson on the other side, both of them. I mean, the rookie receiver had a really good week last week. Paul Richardson has been kind of a laughingstock and just someone that you have to it's like a daily fantasy value if you can get him.
0: Um, I I think it's Hardman all the way. Yeah, so once again, we all three were with Ridley. Now we're all three going with Hardman as well. <clears throat> Moving on, it's at FF Game of Inches. He has an IDP question. He says, Sam Hubbard, uh, defensive end for the Bengals uh, against the 49ers, or Clayus Campbell, um, defensive uh, tackle for the Jaguars at Texans. He says, big play league, six points per sack. If you look at last week, even what Sam Hubbard did, he is a very under-the-radar guy. He went 10 tackles, two sacks. For a defensive end, that is That's insane. That is just putting up numbers. That's some, like, Cleo Mack-type numbers. I don't know if that's sustainable, but against the 49ers, I think it might be. Um, it, it definitely could be. I mean, he did it last week against the, like the Seahawks. I don't know the Seahawks' offensive line is not one of the best, but neither is the 49ers. Uh, I know Clays Campbell's playing against the Texans, one of the worst lines in the league. But um, as Christian was telling us earlier, a lot of the defensive players on the Jaguars is out this game.
1: Basically the entire opposite side of Clays Campbell from what he was saying.
0: Yeah, and for me, I'm looking to stay away. That's why I'm going with Sam Hubbard.
1: I wanted to just kind of go against that and just say Clayus Campbell, just for the simple fact of that offensive line for the Texans is trash. Uh, last week, even though the Saints have a pretty pretty decent, not the best, not the worst defense, um, Deshaun Watson got sacked six times in that game. Six times. That's a lot for week one, especially for a guy that's been battling injuries and getting hit all the time. So I could see Clayus Campbell sneaking in a couple, but from what Sam Hubbard did last year, if he can keep it up, he's the he's the go-to right there.
2: Yeah, see, I think I, I'm going with Clias Campbell, too, Class Campbell. I think that for the same reason Tete said, the Texas offensive line is trash right now. For Deshaun Watson to get sacked six times, he's already on pace to continue exactly what he did last season, which was lead the league in sacks taken. So I think that, I, I think that Campbell's the play here. Uh, Hubbard is definitely not a bad play, though. It's going to be a close one either way. But I think that... Um, with a lot of the Jags people being out, Campbell's gonna have to step up. He's gonna have to make his. He's gonna have to do what he's got to do. Like uh, I think it was uh, uh, Bowie's out yep. and um, whoever. I, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce yeah. their, their other details. <laughs> <I> they <their laughs> want to start with
0: a Y and ends with a bunch of letters.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not even about to Yannick. I'm not no. Yeah, um, I don't even know how you s- pronounce N G back together if it's not in I N G like an <laughs> the end of word. But uh, so yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely putting Campbell in there. I. I I feel like that's your play
0: yeah um it's it, it's kind of hard uh we don't do too many idp leagues but we want to help you they guys are fun out. though um and another question is at billy Ba one double oh six one three seven zero nice that's a good at right there boys um he has a long question he says 12 team one quarterback two running back two wide receiver one tight end two flex best ball league uh, I'm comfortable at wide receiver tied in with Julio, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Isabella, J. Jaw, Boykin, Debo, Randall Cobb, Noah Fant, and Herb Smith Jr. I don't know what he's saying. That's not very comfortable yeah, for me. that's
2: just a lot of depth, and I don't think it's very quality I mean, uh, depth. It's yeah, just a lot of people. <laughs>
0: that's a lot of wide receiver threes and fours for me. Um, but he said, got offered Nikhil Hare in you know, 2021st. He said that's top six more than likely for Josh Jacobs. I have terrible running backs outside of Jacobs, he says. Okay, then that's not even a question. Yeah, I feel
2: like this is a no-brainer.
0: Um, it's, I, I would keep Jacobs, especially All if you day. don't got anyone after Jacobs, unless you're just completely blown it up. But I feel like you could get more for Jacobs. Nikhil Harry, pre-draft process, he was the 101 for Dynasty Leagues. Getting drafted by Patriots, that's awesome. Then Josh Gordon comes back. Dan Antonio Brown's there. And all of a sudden, he's their wide receiver four. Yeah,
2: and now he's on IR.
0: Yeah, and he's on IR. So when he comes back, who knows what his role is going to be. I'm looking to stay away from him. I mean, if he gets traded, I don't see that happening, but if he gets traded, that's awesome. But Josh Jacobs is going to eat. Absolutely destroy this year.
2: Oh, yeah. Josh Jacobs is definitely, yeah oh, yeah. Josh Jacobs is going to tear it up. I don't think there's any reason to get rid of Josh Jacobs. I think that you can get a lot more value out of him if you do get rid of him. I mean, okay, I guess I should say there could be reasons to get rid of him, but. At that value, no way. Keep Josh Jacobs, especially if you're if you're short at running back, especially.
0: Yeah. And just
1: looking at the depth he has, honestly, I would try to refocus elsewhere. I'd keep Josh Jacobs. I'd try to trade some of those receivers that. Yeah, I would they trade Chris Godwin after
0: this big game and yeah. try to capitalize off that.
1: I or even even if you want to keep Godwin because you want like you're trying to compete this year, maybe Debo Samuel or like Noah Fan or anyone like that because they could possibly have some good value in the upcoming years to try to get like a first round it might, might be a little bit later because like we were saying already, like this upcoming draft should have lots of talent coming through you. There's no reason to get rid of Josh Jacobs right now. He's already had such a huge game game one against a Broncos defense that should be good. And I mean, right now he's got the cheese coming up and run defense isn't really their thing anymore. I, I think that their strength of the schedule for running backs is, definitely not the hardest i think josh jacobs will have a, a really good season so if you want to get rid of him you better be getting multiple first round picks
0: yeah i definitely agree on that i mean you gotta you gotta sell jacobs high especially after he scored two touchdowns last week um but moving on at redraft warrior it says philip dorsett or Malcolm brown scott fishbowl scoring um lucky you you got in scott fishbowl i applied did not get it, it broke my heart so hopefully you win this week i'm rooting for you but for me, I'm going with Malcolm Brown. Um, with Philip Dorsett, there's just a lot of pieces there. I know he a caught a touchdown. Feed, yeah. I got and he caught touchdown last week. But you can't expect that. I know you can't even expect Malcolm Brown stealing goal line carries from Todd Gurley every week. But at the least bit, you saw that the Rams want to use Malcolm Brown. There's there's no denying that. So for me, I mean, if I had to choose between one of the two, I'd go with Malcolm Brown. And they're not two good options though. So.
2: Yeah, I know they definitely aren't, but I'm going with Malcolm Brown as well. I said this in one of our in our uh, power rankings league or power rankings podcast to stay away from Philip Dorsett. There's just too many mouths to feed. He's too much of a role player. He's not going to be consistent. Yes, he scored a touchdown. He might score another one, but you can't expect that to happen all season long. It's not. He's just not consistent. I'm going with Malcolm Brown there.
1: Really, the only reason to keep Philip Dorsett, because right now he's like the number four, number five, somewhere in there, is with the pending of Antonio Brown possibly going on exempt list if more evidence comes out about everything going down with him. I mean, he ate last week, but it was a, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer. Literally, he was getting open so easy, like it was such a lopsided uh, game, anyways. Malcolm Brown, he's stealing goal line touches now, but I feel like the Rams have been so wary with bringing Gurley back full force. They're trying to keep him from getting hit and beat up too much. And, of course, goal line, that's exactly what you're doing. You're trying to run straight at the middle and just bruise your way through it. I think that Malcolm Brown, if you need a win tomorrow, would be good. I think he'll still steal goal line touches. But if you're wanting to uh, kind of hold on to Dorsett, wait and see uh, how – antonio brown news plays out or if josh gordon can stay on the field because he's the guy that he will have a game where he has zero catches zero yards but he'll also have a game where two touchdowns so it's just kind of your own decision at that point
2: yeah especially especially the, i think sfb scoring
1: that standard scoring
2: right
0: um sure. i well, it's like point I, I think it's half point ppr
2: oh okay okay see okay well, half point changes it maybe a little bit but especially like if you're looking to get a touchdown out of one of those two guys Malcolm Brown's your guy to get that touchdown
0: exactly um yeah, so we all went three with Malcolm Brown there um uh, but moving on we got another question it's at mom two CRGK um that's awesome it's it's, it's good to see uh mothers yeah mothers playing fantasy <laughs> football right there I love it that's that's awesome um she did ask a foolish, qu- a foolish question. I'm sorry, Beth. I had to call you out on that. I, yeah. <laughs> I've got both Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Probably can't go wrong either way, but what would I do? Kelsey. He is probably going to have the biggest points all week. Oh, especially opinions. Everybody. Yeah. Especially, especially since he out. out. Um, they're going to be looking to double-team Sammy Watkins after what he did last week. Um, so, I mean, Kelsey. Kelsey. Kelsey yeah Mark Andrews I know he ate last week but he didn't even lead the tight ends at the Ravens in snaps
2: really I didn't know that Hayden
0: Hurst Hayden Hurst had more than him it it was only by like four or five but still the fact of the matter is he's not leading the team in snaps but when he's on the field that's where Lamar Jackson's looking oh yeah but Kelsey come on
2: yeah I mean like if there was any other tight end almost any other tight end like if it was Kittle I'd probably still say Kittle if it was Ertz I'd probably still say Ertz yeah anybody else
0: yeah, Andrews is moving up the board, but yeah. you got to start your studs.
2: Yeah, you got to start Kelsey. You cannot. He's one of those guys that you just don't Sit and forget. Bench. It. You yeah, you do not bench him.
0: <laughs> Once again, I'm sorry, Beth.
1: Oh yeah, I'm so I'm so sorry. But the thing is is you can't get too up on the hype train for Andrews right now. He did have an amazing week, but like Trey said, like he only played a very small portion. They're kind of running a committee right now at tight end. They have too much kind of going on there. So he's someone that if you want to play, if you can possibly play him at a flex, wait a while, see if he starts to get a lot more snaps. But if we're talking next week, if we're talking anytime in the future at the tight end spot, Travis Kelsey, no doubt.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, Travis Kelsey. Especially against but the it, Raiders. Yeah. But
1: like what Teach, Teach kind of touched on there was if you
2: have an open flex spot. It wouldn't be a. It may not be a bad idea to start Andrews, depending on who your other people are. Obviously, if you've got some other good players and it's not worth it, then then you shouldn't. But you also said that you shouldn't buy into the Mark Andrews hype just yet. A little bit, at least, not a whole lot. I mean, like I, I can see that. I personally am buying in. I bought in enough this week to start him over OJ Howard, and I am so glad that I did so far. Literally, OJ he Howard cannot at this fuck point. Fuck
0: them kids, he says.
2: Yeah, like come on. At I ain't point, giving you
0: no money. I'm not catching no balls at all this year, he says.
2: Oh man, like I really, I cannot see him. I cannot see Mark Andrews doing worse than zero points, than zero catches. So like, he's <laughs> gonna a catch a ball good. and
0: fumble. Negative two. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I would
2: be so mad. <laughs> I can't. I would. If, if my fantasy comes down to, I should have started the guy that got zero then it's time to hang up the cleats it's, time, it's time to be done at that point that's but, so true though um, but, yeah.
0: but moving on we got another start sick question um it's from at Smiths Grove 77 um he said he wanted a half point ppr any changes i'm not gonna go through his lineup there's just, i'm gonna highlight a few people he's starting ryan griffin at his tight end um and looking at his bench he does have eric ebron um, i'm kind
2: of I'm kind of feeling that e- Ebron should go in For there. For me,
0: I would start Ebron as well. Um, and then another person that's questionable is Matt Breida, and he has Calvin Ridley on the I, bench. For me, half-point PPR. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Breida has eight in the past when he's been the only back there, but, I mean, I'm just going to go with Calvin Ridley on that, I feel like, as well.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with the safe bet on Calvin Ridley there. I am also thinking that Falcons Eagles is going to be a shootout. So Calvin Ridley going to get – Part he's gonna get his touches in that he's gonna get his his targets so I'm thinking Calvin Ridley there and,
0: and you said Ebron over Ryan Griffin I think Lolo. I'm
2: I'm, I'm like an Ebron there too especially with Devin Fun just out this week I'm definitely I I think that Ebron is I think Ebron needs to be in there the other yeah. person I was gonna I was gonna say something about too.
0: Was Patrick Mahomes probably?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. You need to think about, I'm about Mahomes out of there and putting in the other quarterback.
0: Actually, he doesn't have, have another quarterback. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> never mind. Good.
2: No, but the other thing I was gonna think about was it's tough because you have some really good IDPs. T.J. Watt is the one I'm thinking about because he plays Seattle and Chris Carson is gonna run the ball a lot. Seattle's gonna run the ball a lot, and so he's gonna get a lot of tackles. He's he's gonna get a lot of production there. But to start him over Joe Showbert or Cunningham, the Houston's linebacker, like. Yeah or
0: or even Miles Garrett I wouldn't
2: Right that's that's tough those two those two back those three backers right there I feel like you could interchange either one of them I they're all playing good you know they're they're playing Cunningham's playing Jacksonville so Fournette's going to run the ball a lot with Minchu with uh Gardner Minshew starting obviously Nick Foles out Schobert's playing the Jets Bell's going to run the ball a lot and then the other one's playing Chris Carson so it's like uh, that's that's the only one I ever, I also felt like mentioning because either either one of those three could go in there.
0: Yeah,
1: and also the tight end he's playing right now with Griffin is also going up against uh his middle line or his linebacker Schobert. So literally like one might eat, one might not. I mean I guess depending <laughs> on the points because I 'cause I've never really done much of with IDP. I don't know how the points actually go. But also just with that last flex with instead of Brita, I mean if you want someone I know you said half uh PPR, half yep. point PPR, but AP, I still feel like we'll eat against the Dallas defense. John Brown against the Giants, he he really isn't much of like a oh wow he just had an amazing week one he's not gonna do that again he he kind of has some good games ahead of him. Yeah, he's he definitely that's
0: very consistent. I mean, he was eating last year, and then Lamar Jackson took over. Yeah, so. and I think Calvin Ridley is
1: the the better option between all of them, but those two are also like I could see why you'd put them there, but Ebron you got to put it at your tight end. Defensively, I'd probably keep it what you have. I don't know if you can really go any better with that. Maybe, no. Yeah, that's about the best you're going to get out of all that.
0: Yeah. And do you got anything else to say, Christian?
2: Uh, no. I mean, I was going to say that I I, I kind of overlooked AP down there. I think AP is also a safer play over Brita, mm-hmm. but um, I think I like Ridley over both of those two. So
0: okay, sweet. Moving on. Uh, it's at Andrew underscore MTL underscore O T T. He says, pick two in PPR. Nicole Hardman, Marquise Brown, Christian Kirk, or Marvin Jones.
2: Yeah, I picked two of them. I don't think this is too difficult right now. I'm, I hope I'm not overthinking it, but I'm going with Christian Kirk or Marvin Jones.
0: I feel like they're all a bunch of boomer busts. bust. I mean, Nicole Hardman, Marquise Brown, Christian Kirk. Um, I'd go Christian Kirk. I mean, and, and it depends. If you're projected to lose, I'd go Christian Kirk and then either Nicole Hardman or Marquise Brown to kind of hope that you get that boom. To win you the game. But if you're projected to win, I'll go Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones for that consistency to make sure that, hey, I don't want a dud here. I don't want some guy who's going to not catch any balls. Right. Um, and Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones are people that you know are at least going to be involved in the game plan.
2: Right. Lions are going to drop back and throw the ball 40 times again. You know, they, they they dropped back and throw the ball a ton, and they're playing Cowboys who are going to, you know, like it's it's probably going to be a pretty good game, I I think. I, I mean, I hope. I, as a Zeke owner, I hope that it's that he's going to have a good game, so that means they're, they're going to have to keep throwing the ball. And Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are the guys there. That's, that's the two, and so – I think that I think the Marvin Jones is the go personally, but I agree with the potential upside there with Marquise Brown also. Exactly.
1: No, absolutely. And with what Marquise Brown did last week, he's almost like a you you want to start him. And they're going up against a uh, Arizona defense that you he will probably have. It's either going to be him or Willie Snead that's going to be shadowed by Patrick Peterson for the most part. I don't. I mean, they do have uh, Bethia. I still believe in the backfield. I could be wrong. Yeah. So I mean, that secondary isn't awful. But Marquise Brown is just that guy that he's just so quick. If Lamar Jackson continues to throw the way he does, he's going to have to get some big yardage and big gains out of it. I'm, I am mean, being a Chiefs fan, I'd still say Hardman just because of the quarterback play. He's going to, I don't believe DeAnthony De, De Thomas, there we go, is going to have much of a factor in there. So he's going to be getting at least the third wide receiver slot action. But definitely Marvin Jones, if you are really needing a solid, just safe, consistent pick. So I would, I'd, I'd say avoid Christian Kirk just because that Ravens defense is so good, but Marvin Jones, Marquise Brown, Nicole Hardman, you can just kind of mix any of the three together, grab them out of the hat, whatever to you got, just go with.
0: Yep. And this is going to be our last, uh, mailback question. Uh, it's at doc KG. He says need an RB two and a flex play half point PPR 10 man league. Um, Devonta Freeman, James White, or Devin Singletary. There's been a lot of rumors about James White this weekend. No one knows if he's gonna be there or not. There's been rumors that he's not gonna be there because his wife's having a baby, but there's been no—I don't want to say this—but no verified sources, you know. Right. There's been uh, no blue checks tweeting that, you know. Um, and
1: with them playing the Dolphins, I almost think that he might not be much of an option, anyways. Yeah. Because I think that they'll get up so fast that they're gonna have to just come back. think Rex might be a good play this week. just right. based on the fact yeah. that They're not
0: gonna want to run Sony Michelle 15 times, 20 right. times. Right. Um, But for me, it's easy, Devonta Freeman and Devin Singletary, quite easy for me.
1: I mean, that's the same with me. I think that Devonta Freeman being, he's the, uh, or Matt Ryan kind of liking to look down, see him just, you know, three yards down the field, toss it off to him. Devin Singletary, he didn't get much usage last week, but still ended up with like three or four catches for like 20 or 30 yards. I think that's pretty easy.
2: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely am putting Freeman in there. I know that he didn't have a great week last week, but I, he's not going to be that way consistently. Like I, I know that people are out on Devontae Freeman. A lot of people are saying that he's done. There's a lot of people are saying that they're mad they drafted him. Like if you to you in the third round and you drafted Devontae Freeman, I'd still be happy with that right now. I would not overreact so much after week one just yet
0: exactly give it a few more weeks yeah. but
2: so I'm, I'm putting Freeman in there but even if James White starts you're still thinking Singletary Trey
0: yeah just based on the fact I mean Singletary we saw what he can do last week he is extremely high upside if I don't see a situation where the Bills don't give him touches this week true especially with how inefficient Frank Gore was if Frank Gore comes out he runs the ball five times gets stuff in the line ride the bench Devin Singletary go in. We we need to win games. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean I I, I kind of agree with that. And I, I like Singletary just because I like to avoid the Patriots backfield. They move things around a lot and they just do they just do too much for, for me as a fantasy owner a fantasy owner who likes consistency. I am all exactly. about consistency, I always have been. So I always try to avoid running back by committees as much as I can. But also the Patriots are playing the Dolphins this week and they're going to Torch them, and they're going to run the ball all game long, and just end it, and just get over with. And so, Sony Michelle, it would be a start here. But James White, even if he plays, I guess I could kind of agree with going Singletary there. I like that. So Freeman and Singletary, I can I can see that. Yeah.
0: Yep. So we all agreed on the same thing. Um, but moving on, we got our pickums, and I mean we 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 did pickums last week. We didn't get to release it, but we will tell you guys our records. Um, Basically. I,
2: yeah, basically, sorry, I'm going to cut in there. Basically, we're picking four games. We're trying to do Thursday night and Monday night and two other big games, but this week, Monday night game, Browns, Jets, Jet, yeah, Sam with Darnold, Darnold Evan out. Mono. It's kind of a lock for the Browns, we feel like, so not really worth it. But kind of doing some picks, get four big games in there, four controversial big teams, games,
0: and then one upset for each of us. Yep. Um, so last week, I went 3-2. and two. Christian? I went 4-1, and one and... Jacob,
1: I went three and two as well. Does anyone know what Thanks Tyler biggers. went? Tyler went two and three. Two and three, yeah.
0: Two and three. Tyler starting off hot. Um, yeah, we all
2: lost our upset game.
0: Yes, I uh, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I I, I barely lost mine. Yeah, but yeah, um, you had the Bucks. Over you the barely 49ers. lost yours.
2: I lost mine. I had the Colts over the Chargers. Lost it in OT. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, this week our game that we're going to be going over is Vikings at Packers seahawks at steelers saints at rams eagles at falcons and we're all like christian said throwing our kind of an upset wild card pick but starting it off we're going to be going with the vikings and packers i picked the vikings 21 17 um the packers did not look very good last week other than their defense their defense looks stifling i think this is going to be usually it's an offensive bout but i think this one's going to be a defensive low scoring game i know it's a 21 17 Um, but I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be pretty run heavy. I think the Packers learned their lesson with not running the ball last week. They got to give Aaron Jones the ball. Yeah, I hope that they give Aaron Jones the ball. Good Lord. So that's why I picked Vikings over Packers.
2: Yeah. I picked the Vikings over the Packers as well. I did 27, 24 Vikings, but, um, just, I think it's gonna be a little bit higher scoring, but I still think Dalvin cook's going to eat.
1: So I, uh, I picked the Vikings as well. Um, yeah, it was a seventeen fourteen. Packers didn't look va- that good. Vikings defense is solid, but Packers defense is solid too. So I, I went with Vikings though.
0: And Tyler is not here, so we will name his picks for him. He picked Vikings over Packers. And then next game is Seahawks at Steelers. I picked Seahawks seventeen thirteen. Really low scoring game. Same. The Steelers did not look good at all last week. They scored three points, and they were lucky to score that um and that was against the Patriots D the Patriots D is good but I mean Seahawks D is a head and shoulders above them in my opinion so I think as they're going to struggle again this week if they don't do good offensively this week they will be in hot water so I think the Seahawks will upset the Steelers
2: yeah I think the Seahawks are going to win this week too I have the Seahawks 14 10 I think we get two rushing touchdowns
1: out of Chris Carson this week and not a lot of passing
0: yeah that that honestly sounds about right I went with the Steelers, and
1: honestly, the only reason was because looking at all my pick I had all the way teams winning, and I just don't feel like that's going to be a possibility. So I figured I'm going to pick one. I went with the Steelers, 35-28. Seahawks' defense looks amazing on paper, but they didn't look that good last week. They got Jadavion. They had Jadavion, but Jadavion didn't do like as good as you yeah. would expect him to do. And then Steelers, kind of the same with their defense. So I think kind of this will be where both offenses will have to step up a little bit.
0: And who would Tyler pick, Tyler had the Steelers as well. Tyler picked the Steelers. And moving on, the NFC matchup. I think this is going to be the game of the week. Saints at Rams. Oh, yeah. Um, I picked Rams 31-28. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I could see it also be low-scoring because the teams are pissed off at each other. So they're going to be hitting each other in the mouth all game long. But I think they're too offensively skilled. They're going to scheme a lot of things open. So I picked Rams winning 31-28.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to keep on following right along with your picks so far. We've, I think we're 3-3 three and three together. I'm taking the Rams as well. Rams 34, Saints 31. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game all night long.
1: So, unfortunately, where me and Tyler split off from you two, so I already know that I'm getting losses – uh, <laughs> is uh, I went with Saints forty two thirty eight. I think that Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and honestly Latavius Murray. I would probably love to eat. watch that
0: game. That game sounds fun.
1: I know, right? I just feel like the Saints are gonna be so upset from that NFC Championship game with the blown call, pass interference. Even though deep down, it really wasn't just that play that ruined it. Like that interception that breezed through. That's kind of what it costed. But I, the momentum swung like swung the different way after that. And I think Tyler had the Saints winning as well, him being somewhat of a Saints fan. Yeah,
0: Houdat Nation. Um, then moving on to our last game they were picking together, it's Eagles at Falcons. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty good game. The Falcons were duds last week. We've already discussed it. They do not look good. Um, the Eagles looked very rough at the beginning of the game. They were losing 17 nothing against the Redskins, came back and whooped their ass. Um, I think the Eagles are going to come out, hit the Falcons in the mouth, and win 28-21.
2: See, I'm looking for the Falcons to pull their head out of their you-know-whats and to finally get going. I think they're going to lean on Devontae Freeman a little bit. I think they're going to throw the ball around. Matt Ryan is going to look better this week. I am banking on it. I need him to look better this week, not throw two picks again.
0: Yeah, Mr. Quarterback 4 or
2: 5 over there for you? Yes, I did. I think that after week one, I'm not not overreacting yet. He just had a bad week. Quarterbacks are going to have a bad week. Players don't perform especially well if they don't play in the week. preseason you know. yeah exactly i'm i'm thinking the falcons get get it on right and they win this game 31
1: hmm. 24 see i i know we talked about dan quinn should be in the hot seat right now with what's all went on but i think the eagles kind of finally cl- are clicking in i think they went 30 to 21 so if he does need to get fired i don't think it'll be this week i think it's just he's going to be going up against a team that really found their stride and I think Tyler – this is where me and Tyler split off, but he joined back with you guys. Tyler picked the Falcons, didn't he? Did he pick the Eagles? Oh, okay, uh, well, he went with the Eagles. Eagles
0: guy. I'm not surprised. He loves the Eagles just as much as the Saints.
2: Yeah, he does. He he picked the Eagles this week. I think I'm the only one that has the Falcons. I'm the only one that has a turning around. But I think that because Dan Quinn is on the hot seat, I think they pick it up this week.
0: Then now it's time for our wild card games. Um, Me – uh, you guys know I'm Raiders fan. I'm just doing this from the heart, trying to speak into existence, LeVar Ball style. <laughs> Chiefs at Raiders, I got the Raiders winning 31-28. to 28. And if they win that game, I feel like it's going to be more high scoring than that. But, I mean, the, the Raiders looked real good last week. They didn't allow a single hit, ru- like a hurry hit sack on Derek Carr. Yeah, they he did could sit the- in the parking all day, eat a sandwich. With the ball. Eat a sandwich. Um, I like it. And I mean, their Chiefs defense is not as good, not even close as good as the Broncos. So that's why I think the Raiders have a chance to pull it off.
2: Yeah, I, I mean like, I think that they have a chance but I think that the Chiefs are just too good. I know you're a Raiders fan and I did the same thing last week and I picked the Colts over the Chargers as my upset game. So like, I, I get where you're coming from but I, the good thing that they have going for them is that it is in Oakland. That's one of the last games that's happening in Oakland and so last we game on a last dirt field. Yeah, we saw it last week. The fans get into it that stadium gets rocking that ab chants start coming out oh, and it's just it gets crazy up in there so i do think they had that going for them but i don't think that andy reed and patrick mahomes are going to lose this game
0: it'll but be interesting
2: that that's just me but obviously it's our upsets and so my upset is kind of a big one too i don't know that uh, there's probably going to be a lot of people that disagree with me i know tyler's going to disagree with me i'm picking the jags 21 texans 20 this week we Whoa. just talked about how the Jags had some D- had some issues uh, with their defense being out. Bouye is out or Bowie, however the heck you say his name. AJ Bouye. Yeah, AJ Bouye. But um, and they had their unpronounced, no, not know how to pronounce DN that's out. But I think Miles Jack eats this week. I think that their defense is really, I think their defense is going to be good, a lot yeah, better than the, than the Saints. So. Right, their defense is a lot better than the Saints, and obviously that was a little bit more of a high scoring game. But I think that they struggled. Texans O line is terrible. I'm thinking that Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew looked good last week. learning and Fournette's going to eat. Jags 21, Texans 20.
1: See, I I know that when you guys get to this point in the podcast, I kind of crapped on Case Keenum and most of the Redskins, but my upset game is Cowboys or Redskins. I had the Redskins winning 28-20. It's just kind of one of those... You know, I could see the Dolphins winning this week. Just because it's the Dolphins against the Patriots in Miami, it, it doesn't make sense. I, it never will. I just think that the Redskins will just do the whole NFC voodoo. We're playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to choke a little bit, and then the Redskins are going to come out victorious.
2: Yeah, I definitely could lean on that. Cowboys choke and train. Here comes their eight and eight games. They should win. They're gonna lose games that they should lose. They're gonna win. This one's they should win. I could see them. I could see this one being an upset. I like that. Still hope Zeke gets three tutties, though, as a Zeke owner. And
0: um, who did Tyler pick?
2: Uh, Tyler had the Broncos over the Bears as his upset. So I think he's feeling that the Broncos turn it around. His boy Mitch Trubisky is not gonna do well. I guess he's 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 picking against him. Mitch looked bad last week, so obviously we were just talking about the Packers D being a lot better. But Mitch looked bad last week, so I guess I could see Broncos over Bears this week. Also,
1: I don't know if he has anyone on the Broncos fantasy wise, but he's probably like, yeah. So what's going to happen is is Mitch is going to throw 400 yards, five touchdowns, but Philip Lindsey is going to rush for six touchdowns. And they're going to lose like that. God. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he's going against Mitch so hard with that, unless he thinks that Mitch is going to really turn around week three on and just absolutely just. Destroy the league, but yeah, he he picked the Broncos. Uh, that's that's interesting.
2: Yeah, that's a Tyler thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know very many top five MVP candidates that are going to start the season zero and two. But that's what he's picking. So we'll see what happens.
0: Um, but that is the end of our episode. We this is our first mailbag episode. We are really happy that you guys turned in so many questions.
2: Kind of our first pickems too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for Our first pickems. We didn't
0: now. release it last week, but we got our picks though, and uh, we're gonna release this. On Saturday today, the day we're recording it, so we could get out before Sunday and have all your answers ready for you before your matchups begin. Um, but we just want to say thank you guys for listening. Is there anything else you guys would like to say?
2: No, I just, yeah, just thank you. We like, we like hearing from hearing from people and having our mailbag questions stuff come in. That's, I know that that's kind of a big thing with the fantasy community is that everybody's always asking you on multiple opinions on things, and we're just glad that you guys come to us
0: for our opinions. Exactly. The forecasters, we're here to help you. We oh, will project yeah. the future.
1: <laughs> yes, and we'll also give you all the hot takes possible because of our fourth member.
0: Yeah, our fourth member has not been here for the past few episodes. Uh, love you, Tyler. Love you, Tyler. TR Sports Chatter. <laughs> Follow him on Hot Takes. I
2: don't love you, Tyler. Get smarter.
0: Yeah. Okay, we just got to call him out real quick. This guy sent Tyler Boyd for Mike Evans and yelled at us because he thought it was fair.
2: He just He keeps sending the most ridiculous trades. He sent me this week a trade that I have never declined faster in my entire life. He sent me David Njoku and Alan Robinson for Leonard Fournette. Literally, I've never declined something so fast in my life.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, we just wanted to say thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the mailbag questions, and be on the lookout for our new episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you.